Cleo is joining us for this inaugural edition of Here's What's Spinning. It is 2022, and this just happens to be our 22nd episode of Here's What's Spinning. How crazy is that? That is nutty. There's a lot of twos this year in general. Yeah. It's 2022. February 22nd, 2022 falls on a Tuesday, which is my brother's birthday. Whoa. Uh, it's our 22nd Here's What's Spinning. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's the second. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> the theory ends there. <laughs> no, I'm sure there's more because I just, you know, the whole brain bias thing. I could probably mm-hmm. find more relations, but there's a lot of twos. There's a lot of twos. It also happens to be the 20th anniversary of a certain album that I'm going to bring up later. Um. Before we get into uh, our albums, so yeah, Kyle and I are going to kind of do the same thing this year, except we're going to try and limit, try is the keyword, limit uh, the albums that we rate and kind of go in depth-ish over to five albums mm-hmm. every episode this week. As, as I say that, we have six today. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to try. Yeah. But in our defense, it's the end of January, and this is the first episode we're recording, so there's already been just a freaking slew of albums that have been released. Yeah. Um, Before we get into that, I have news. Oh. Uh, Music music news. (laughs) Maybe this will be a part of our little show, too, a little music news here and there. But also, before I get into news, I'm going to put you on the spot. Your, let's say you like your top 15 list from last year, your best of. Mm -hmm. Now that it's been a month, how do you feel about your list? Would it still be relatively the same? Are you happy with it? Yeah, I I think so. I I still listen to those albums constantly, so Mm -hmm. I, I don't think it would have changed much. Yeah. Um last year was just such a powerhouse of a year in albums i'm like there's big shoes to fill this year however i don't think that that's going to be a problem based on what i've heard so far so yeah for in, um, in some cases <laughs> in some cases yeah one of the albums we're talking about today is just freaking blew me out of the water so yeah uh yeah we will we'll get into that but we'll get uh, there um, anyways, the point being is, uh, yeah, no, I definitely don't think I would have changed my top 15 list. What about you? Are you still comfortable with the order in particular? Um, I, th- I think I maybe, I maybe did era a bit of a disservice, <laughs> even though they were number four. Yeah. I think I could have put them a little higher. Okay. Um, what they would replace i don't know probably spirit box to be honest but um and then there was an album that i discovered um that came out in 2021 that i don't believe either of us talked about um i didn't even hear of it and maybe you did as well um and that was the album 
God, I'm going to butcher this name. That was the album Niratias by Chevelle. Oh, you know, I actually did hear about it on Facebook, but it never clicked that it was because it was a new album. I thought people were just mm. about it, which is really stupid. But in that high- album fucking rules does it and it probably like i've i've listened to it a lot in the last kind of month or so and it could it could have it could have snuck in there is that right my top 15 it's like so good well let me just go ahead and add that to my and chevelle's one of those bands that like i've always heard about but I've never given them the time of day to listen to them for some reason. Right. And this album is like, it's like if Royal Blood and Muse had a baby with the Deftones. That sounds like a fun party. It was, that just, it just caught my ear the right way. It's very good. I'd be very curious to hear what you think of it. So that's the only kind of revisions I would make. Okay, fair enough. Um, let's get into a little bit of news quick. Um, there's two festival lineups that I, or no, sorry, one festival lineup that I thought, hey, this looks cool, and everyone's kind of talking about it. Have you heard of the When We Were Young Fest? No. So this one... This one got announced uh, last week, and it's basically just like an emo <laughs> music festival. Nice. My favorite. But it's literally all of the bands that you and I would have listened to in like high, in like junior high or high school. Yeah. They're doing this three-day festival in um, Las Vegas, and everyone's just losing their mind about this lineup because it's like the who's who of everything let me just give you a little taste is on there i'm sure pardon it dies today is there um no i don't think so okay anyways sorry i I don't remember that band oh i remember listening to them a lot but Hmm. i have to check those guys out again um no this is like uh hawthorne heights red jumpsuit apparatus Four Years Strong, um, Law Dispute, Atreyu, Bullet for My Valentine, Seosin, uh, Mayday Parade, Silverstein, Senses Fail, Sleeping with Sirens, Knocked Loose, Avril Lavigne, Motionless in White, Ice Nine Kills, Pierce the Veil, The Story So Far, I Prevail, Dashboard Confessional, Taking Back Sunday, Bring Me the Horizon, The Day to Remember, The All-American Rejects, Dance Gavin Dance, AFI, The Used, Alkaline Trio, My Chemical Romance, and Paramore. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> I saw that lineup and I was like, that would be an absolute blast to see. That would be so fun. Yeah. And where where is it, did you say? In Las Vegas at the end of October. That would be super fun. That would be a really fun trip to Las Vegas. Totally. My buddy's probably doing his bachelor party in Las Vegas. I wonder when he's doing it. Oh, he's getting married in September, so that's not going to work. Are you referring to Spencer? Uh, I'm not, actually. I'm referring to another friend that's got the same plans, apparently. Yeah, because that's happening in September. 
October. I've got to put that in my calendar. I don't think I have it in there yet. Yeah. Yeah. What? Um, okay, moving on. Um, I mentioned this in our first episode of on the other podcast. But, oh, sorry. Hello, Bob. That was a flame. Um, See, so I mentioned this on the other episode of our first podcast, but we I just wanted to go over it quick because uh, they updated it. Uh, every time I die. Okay. They broke up. Yes. And they were on the bill with Under Oath and Spirit Box for their upcoming tour. So obviously with Every Time I Die breaking up, they had to rearrange the bill. And I must say... I am happy with the changes. Oh, yeah. I saw that, actually. Yeah. So first things first, uh, Spirit Box, who was originally the third band, kind of like lowest on the bill, is now second on the bill, which is nice. Yep. So maybe they'll get a little more playing time. <laughs> and then Under Oath decided to bring on Bad Omens and Stray from the Path. And... I enjoy both those bands. Yep, that's, I think, a way better lineup, personally. But I, well, we know I've got no love for. He's got no love for every time I die. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. I, and especially if Spirit Box is moving up the bill. By all means. Um, uh, this will be on a... I added this to the list on a on our next Here's What's Spinning episode for Kyle to listen to. But the long-awaited musical project between Matt Hafey of Trivium and Yi-San, <laughs> formerly of Emperor, uh, they've been working on a musical project for like the last like eight years or something like that. And they finally released their newest single, uh last week and the band is called Ibaraki. Ibaraki. And the single is called something Japanese. <laughs> okay. I cannot, I cannot pronounce it. Hi Takashi no Hiroki or something like that. Okay. Um I mean Did what's the date on that? Uh like for an album? Yeah. No date yet. Just released a single. Gotcha. Um, I'll be very curious to he hear what Kyle thinks of this. It's very interesting, very cool, and brutally heavy. Okay. Well, we'll see because we know that my tolerance of heavy does diminish faster than yes. it does. That's true. Um, last piece of news before we get into the albums. I mentioned this at the top of the show. Today is the... 20th anniversary of Six Degrees of Inner Turbulence by Dream Theater. <laughs> so go figure. When do we get so old, dude? I remember buying this CD. Mm -hmm. And this basically, like, Scenes from Memory is my favorite album of theirs. This is the album that kind of like propelled me into fanboy that i am today yeah this I album remember. is just oh. you're sitting in your bedroom and 
listening to this album like at least twice a week oh yeah yeah hearing glass prison for the first time i was just like what do you even do after this you remember trying to play glass prison <sighs> yeah <laughs> stupid what were we thinking i remember bringing it to my guitar teacher at the time and we played it in his in his room and i was like i want to learn this song he's like okay and then we were like playing and like i got the intro and i got the the riff and then uh when we got to like the solo sections he's like you want to learn the rhythm section <laughs> i was like okay <laughs> yeah. yeah just ridiculous yeah so happy birthday six degrees minute turbulence I love you. 20th birthday in 2022. There you go. More twos. If only the album was called Two Degrees of Vintage Turbulence. Well, three times two is six, so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess it also should be mentioned that now Kyle and I are officially listening to music the same way. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe our scores will be more similar. Maybe they'll be more different. Who yeah. knows? We've also but, uh, collaborated in Excel because yes, that's how I do, and uh, <laughs> we're even more organized. Mm -hmm. <laughs> something else. Uh, yeah. So we're on. We're both on Apple Music now. We even like did at the same settings, so we made sure we're on the same audio quality. So that should be interesting. Uh, before we get into the albums, do you, should I go over honorable mentions now or after? Uh, let's do honorable mentions foist. Foist. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to run through these really quick. These are the ones that I, these are albums that I have listened to that, uh, some were good, some were not. Um, but we, I just didn't feel that we needed to give them an in-depth review. And the first one kind of hurts me, but the first one is the Tough Love EP from Teddy Swims. Hmm. Um, didn't make the cut, hey? No, it was good. Oh. It was kind of like dancey. Yeah. And and I just I'd rather Teddy just you know do the whole like stick to the like the R and B or even like the country kind of influence stuff than like dance music. Oh, I see. Yeah. That's too bad. That's some yeah. tough love for you, Teddy Swims. <laughs> yes. Uh, the other album was, I guess in that same vein, was the new album from The Weeknd called Don FM. Uh, there's some really cool stuff on this, actually. It's, uh, it's pretty good. Are you a Weeknd fan? I am a The Weeknd fan. Oh, okay. I just, Did you listen to this? I didn't, no. Um, hmm. but I was just, I was laughing. What the heck did I see? It was, it was a TV show and they were doing a bit on the weekend. I think it was letter Kenny actually. And they were doing a bit about the weekend is coming and they're like, no, oh, it's I Monday. Think... and it's like, no, the yes. weekend is coming tomorrow. And it's like, no, it's Monday. <laughs> that is letter Kenny. I do remember that scene. <laughs> I, oh, I just, I'm watching letter Kenny. Um, I've, I've watched the first two seasons, but I'm watching like, I'd never watched the rest of them, and so I'm just watching them now. And oh man, so you haven't seen season nine yet? No, I have not. Oh man, this is so funny. Um, 
Another album I checked out was a, from a band called Som. That's S-O-M. And their album, The Shape of Everything. Um, I got kind of pumped about this because I heard the single. And the single was really cool. And then the rest of the album was not cool. <laughs> oh, is that right, hey? Yeah, it didn't. It just like it didn't flow very well. It was kind of boring. That's too bad. Um, they have like they're kind of like Deftonesy little hints of, um, they're kind of like a heavier Deftones, but more atmospheric at the same time. Okay. And yeah, the single I heard just like was like a really hard hitting song. It was really cool, but it showed up like in the middle of the album, and all the songs to get to that song were not the greatest. That's too bad. I wonder mm. if some stands for anything. S- Sucky of music. <laughs> Maybe. There you go. Uh, that's mean. Um, I've got four more. One is by a band called Shadow of Intent. And their album Elegy. I mean, this just was an assault on the ears. <laughs> Not necessarily in a bad way. Like, like. A lot of the songs were good. I haven't got through the album yet because it's just so heavy. Um, I mean, it's just another classic example of an album that would be better as like a three-song EP than like 12 songs of just assault on your face. Okay. Um, Another one I checked out was an album called The Chosen by a band called Enterprise Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one was kind of cool. It's kind of like tech, techy, death metally kind of stuff, but like some proggy moments in there. Kind of fit for an autopsy-ish. Um, I was intrigued by it because it's like a death metal record, but the title track, The Chosen, is like an eight-minute song. Right. I always find it interesting when bands like that do really or longer songs like that. Um, it was pretty cool. Didn't hate it. Didn't love it. It was a thing I did. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, speaking of loving it, and speaking of short and sweet, uh, I discovered a band called Great American Ghost. Okay. And they released their debut EP called Torture World. Um, this thing is very heavy, but kind of like in the style of hardcore a little bit. Um, and it's like four songs and it's just like the perfect amount of songs. Um, what's the EP called again? Torture world. Hmm. Um, this one's very cool. Um, I don't know how to explain it. It's just like a nonstop for like 15 minutes of just brutalness but it's like groovy too okay it's kind of like if lamb of god was a hardcore band right that's pretty cool okay. yeah there I, I i really enjoyed it um it'll be interesting if you listen to it kyle to see if you like it it kind of reminded me of that uh knocked loose ep that came out last year um that you didn't love Okay, so that's, yeah, I'm sure I'll love this one. 
I mean, you might you might like it. It's it's definitely more digestible than that Noctilus one for sure. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Um, and then the last one I checked out was this band called Modern Error, who's like this French metalcore band from France, <laughs> and um, this was an interesting listen. Um, it's worth it's worth checking out. There's some like real electronic elements to this that I wasn't really expecting. And the the kind of like last half of the album doesn't really sound like it fits with the first half of the album. Um, What's the album called? It is Sorry. It is called Victim of a Modern Age. Victim of a Modern Age. By Modern Error. So yeah. That is that is the honorable mentions. Okay, that is fantastic. I'm just adding those. I've started a um a playlist for here's what's spinning 2022, and I've got like playlist folders set up so I can break them out into episodes. So I've just got honorable mentions. I'm just putting just eating. Just, I'm just doing the thing. He's doing a thing. Be He's doing so a thing. Try and keep up even on the uh, honorable mentions. So it'd be interesting if I listen to an honorable mention and feel if it deserves a rating, if it makes it into the top 100 this year or not. Yes. So I'm going to try and keep up on the honorable mentions. Cool. Uh, C for sure. Very, very cool. The That one EP, the uh, Torture World. Yeah. By Great American Ghost. I mean, it is only the third EP I've listened to this year, but it is the best EP <laughs> of the year so far. <laughs> okay. It's a good just pump up song. It might be a good gym album for you, actually. Yeah, yeah. sweet. I've been, been looking for a good new gym album. Um, do you have any sort of order that you'd like to go over these in? We have six albums to rate and review. Um, no, <laughs> no order. Okay. Um, let's start it off with. Should Should we go like? We could go. Well, bad we to both, yeah, bad, we both know bad, but we should go bad to best, or should we go? Well, that's subjective because I know I know, but we can kind of do a. Let's let's do the bad one first though, because we. Both... I think okay. I yeah. think the first three are the are objectively the worst three, and then the last three that I have are objectively the better three. If we are in the same order, I completely agree. Well, There's let's like see. A five point spread between the three worst and the three best. Like there's a five gap in the middle. Oh really? I have a seventeen point spread between the best album and the worst album. Oh, from the best and the worst, I have. 12 okay yeah uh let's get this out of the way then okay the new album dominion by skillet good god <laughs> yeah so i i listened to this album i legitimately was like i'd listen to this one at the gym believe it or not and, and i legitimately <laughs> laughed out loud i was like i gotta change the album because i can't focus i i i i Maybe this isn't a, a very true rating because I physically could not make it through it. Is that right? Hey? I tried. 
I think I gave it an honest chance. I think I got five or six songs in. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to come out and say it. This is maybe one of the worst albums I've heard in the last like 10 years. Oh yeah. It's so bad. Like, what are they doing? I don't know. Do you remember like the old collide days? Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Like I still go back to that album and even, um, coma comatose Comatose, was great. Totally. But this like, I'm going to give it a little bit of credit, which I'm not sure you did. There are some sections of some songs that I really liked, but there was not one single song that I liked the whole thing. Yeah, I think I know one of the sections you're talking about. Um, I can't even find it because I just deleted it from my library. <laughs> um, is it in the um, is it in the Standing in the Storm song? Uh, kind of like heavier breakdown part. I honestly don't know because, uh, like I said, I was listening at the gym, so I don't even know what song I was listening to. But uh, yeah, it was definitely there was some heavy breakdown parts. There were like there was one guitar part that kind of stood out in a different song that I thought was kind of cool. Um, but and there was one drum part that I thought was really cool. But like like I say, there wasn't one single song that I liked the whole thing. Like we'd go from a cool part to yeah. something where I was like laughing out loud. Like why are they doing this? But like. Even the even those cool drum parts and guitar parts, like they sounded bad. They yes, they did. <laughs> like I don't understand in the modern age of production why you make an album sound this way. No. Okay, so uh, what was your scores? I just gave it one across the board, five out of twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> just ones, even ones okay. across the board. Nice. Uh, I gave mostly twos. I gave two for vocals, two for guitar, two for drums. I gave writing a three because I did, like I say, I, I did have some parts where I gave them credit. Uh, but production was a 2.5 because, like, you know. they just sounded bad. So my total was 11.5 out of 25. Okay. Yep. Overall, I mean, bad. Like I think that was the lowest score that I've had even last year, and there were some albums I really didn't like last year. Yeah, like I said, this was this was one of the worst. Like I just couldn't get through it. There's just like there's weird effects on his voice. Yep. The, weird effects on the instruments. Yeah, and the the female vocals were awful. <laughs> Whaley. And it's just like. I mean, Skillet, let's be honest, hasn't put out a good album since Comatose, probably. I would agree with that. And they never put out a good album before Collide. Like, they had, like, just a peak. You didn't like the self-titled no. with the frying pan on the front? No, I didn't. I hated that album. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Skillet has two good albums. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's to the point with Skillet where, <laughs> like, they pique my interest when I hear about them because like the collide album i really like and the comatose album i really like but i just don't follow them at all anymore like i don't care <laughs> yeah i'm well over them so let's move on <laughs> uh let's see if we have the same next one uh voyeurist by under oath would be my uh, next that is, that is the same next one Ooh, okay this is getting interesting um I mean, 
I really liked the single. This is another kind of like the one I did in the honorable mentions. I really liked some of the singles that they released mm-hmm. for this album. The album as a whole felt not very cohesive. Yeah. To me. Yep. Uh, yeah, I found the album long, but it's only like a 40-minute album or a 45-minute album, but I found it hard to like get through. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, but um to your point their singles were really good. Like of the uh <laughs> of the whole album, the only ones I actually added to my library were the three singles. Oh, interesting. Um which I guess like when I see them live, like they'll probably just play those three singles at least, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really liked that Hallelujah song. That was kind of a cool, yep, cool kind of different song. Um, but yeah, and like the opening track is good. Um, like this was certainly better than Erase Me. Yes, came out in like 2017. But um. Yeah, I guess overall it was just a little disappointing. It was a little disappointing just because of how much I enjoyed the singles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. But yeah. Um, one of the things that caught me off guard is I remember Under Oath as a kid being like a Christian metal band, and this album had a lot of swearing on it and very yeah. blatant swearing. Yeah, I think they just decided to just... Yeah, I actually went and did some research because yeah. I was curious, and so they actually... Um, announced publicly that they were distancing themselves from organized religion about two mm. albums ago. So their last album before this one was actually the first one that they ever swore on. Um, and they basically said, like, we still are spiritual. We still believe in, like, the Christian beliefs and stuff. We just don't believe in organized religion. We don't believe that we're a Christian band talking about Christian things. Mm-hmm. But we might still talk about God and spirituality and stuff. I was like, oh, fair enough. Okay, yep. I mean, people evolve, people change. Absolutely. It just caught me off guard because, like I say, there was so much blatant swearing on this album, and I didn't really give the last album a good listen. And so Mm -hmm. uh, from remembering our days and knowing them as a Christian band and then hearing, like, just the F-bomb dropped all the time, I was like, okay. (laughs) It's it's like they're overcorrecting almost, which I thought was kind of interesting. So that Interesting. Yeah. Um... What did you give vocals? 3.8. Okay. I gave uh, 3.3. Okay. Yeah. All, all of my scores are in that range, I would say. Yeah. Uh, guitars, I gave 3.2. This year, I seem to be more generous than you. <laughs> so far. Yeah. Uh, I gave guitars a 3.5. Okay. Um drums i gave 3.1 i gave a three yeah i didn't really i wasn't really impressed with the drums mm-hmm. uh writing i gave a three i gave a 3.2 okay it was just yeah <laughs> we're in the in same pr- <laughs> in production these will be the interesting scores i think this year yeah uh i gave 3.5 which was my highest score yeah i gave 3.8 which was my highest score so okay. yeah or i guess it tied with vocals on, on my end but uh yeah, the production definitely made this album a lot better than the rest of it. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Uh, moving on. Let's see. Do you well, have that was the, the next final score of seventeen point three? By the way. Oh yeah. 
uh, 16.1 for me. Okay. Well, yeah, full point difference. But, yeah, maybe I'm just more generous than you this year. Feeling good. Well, we'll see. I have a very high score, I would say, for one of these albums. Okay. Um, Let's see if you have the next one. Do you have it? Tell me what your next one is. Uh, my next highest is Comeback Kid. Yeah, same here. <laughs> okay. So we're on the same page as far as, like, lineage. <laughs> yeah. Um, the one thing I do have to say about this album, um, when I put together my, like, my, like, best of lists at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, as you know, repeatability factor is a huge factor for me. So I would say overall, this album scored not like super low, but like like a- average score. Yep. But I find myself listening to it a lot because I find the song super catchy. You, you know, I feel my note was that I love the album. I didn't give it a great, like I give it the same thing, an average score. Um, but uh, overall, like the album was really good i like found myself rocking i was listening to it while i was working on my friend's car in my garage and i was just like rocking out to it i was like bobbing my head and bobbing my feet i was like yeah it was good (laughs) so yeah Yeah. i feel like that opening track man is really good given that this is the first one of the year maybe we should talk about this offline but i think that we should add a repeatability factor column to our scoring i think we should score out of 30 how would you uh You'd still rate like rate it out of five for repeatability yeah. factor. Yep. Hmm. Because I think that it's a big part of like what's missing in our rating. Because we talk about that lots, how we get a low score, but we'd still listen to it lots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because my repeatability factor on this album would be very high. Hmm. <clears throat> so it might it might help balance some of the um, some the of skillet the- one would be a zero. So it would still yeah. be a five. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like this idea. Okay, let's uh, let's do that. I'll do I'll do that after we're done recording here, so I'm not distracted. Okay. Um, <clears throat> well, let's get into it. Vocals. I gave a three point four. You have three point six. Guitar. I gave a three point two. Three point five. Okay. Drums. I gave a three point four. 3.7. Okay. <laughs> Writing, I gave a four. Okay. That's where we differ a little bit. Yeah. I gave, well, I gave three points. Oh, 3.7 as well. Yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> I, I bumped up my score there, I think, to encompass the repeatability factor mm. because I thought that that needs to be encompassed somewhere because I thought it was good. Yeah. Um, and then production, I also gave a four. I gave, yeah, 3.9. Yeah, so like I, so the thing is, I don't really love their guitar tone. So I reflected that in the guitar column, but overall the production was good. Like it was well balanced and the dynamics were captured well. And so that's especially for how much was going on. Mm -hmm. Like it was just really high energy, kind of punky. Totally. Yeah. It was mixed more like a metal album would be mixed than a a punk album would be mixed. Yeah, which is, I found. Yeah, and, and like for me personally, I find production a big factor in repeatability. And like I can't, like for instance, I bring up Anthrax, but I don't really love Anthrax. And I think part of the reason is that 
the production just makes it so muddy that I can't hear anything, right? Like, mm-hmm. it just doesn't really work for me. Whereas this is a similar style of music, but everything was so clear that I found myself really enjoying it. This actually reminds me of a point that I wanted to bring up, and we'll kind of go off topic here if you don't mind. Not at all. But um, I was I was planning on tying this into the the Dream Theater anniversary. Oh, okay. Um, that kind of ties into this discussion a little bit because uh, also on the twenty eighth, Dream Theater released another set in their series they're doing, like the From the Vault series. Mm-hmm. So they released um, their Majesty demos, which was their demo album from like 1985 when they first got together. Yeah. And I was listening to some of it and I thought to myself, what, like, is it necessary for, like, I don't understand why bands release these demo albums because they sound like shit. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was wondering, like, even like for me, like a big of as big of a dream theater fan as I am, I was kind of like, yeah, it, it kind of would be cool to hear some of these demos, but I found myself not even being, being able to listen to it. Cause I was like, this just sounds awful. Totally. And I think that like demos definitely have their place. Like if I'm, if, if I'm a recording executive or a recording engineer or produ- producer and someone sends me a demo, I'm listening to like the quality of the songs and the playership and like how it's written. And I'm listening to it not from a production standpoint. But as far as like you're, you're saying, I think the demo shouldn't be released to the public because they put such a damper on the album or on the songs because they sound like shit, like you say, compared to the, the mm-hmm. produced songs. Yeah. So it kind of just made me think, what's the point of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like, I'm never going to listen to it again. No. Because it just sounded awful. I don't know. That uh, was my thought. I think we both have the pandemic. Um, <laughs> the pandemic is in us all. Uh, what was your overall score then for this? Uh, 18. Okay, yeah, mine was 18.4. Nice. Okay. So yeah, so we balanced out by the end of it. I would probably give a repeatability score of like at least 4.5 though. Yeah. I'd probably be closer to like 3.8 or four just because okay. it's not my style of music, but I definitely think it would score above average. Okay. Um, the next one on my list is Billy talent. Uh, that is also the next one on my list okay i wonder if we have the same number one (laughs) uh okay um this was a cool album i was really really surprised by this album yeah i caught myself a few times like oh what was that and like going back and and listening which was cool Mm -hmm. really talented i've always been a fan but this album was a lot more creative experimental yeah it definitely grabbed me differently than some of their like more recent releases mm-hmm. um also i have to shout out uh so far this might be album artwork of the year because i think the album art on this album is very cool i didn't even look at it um Where am i I also have to say, I I think that 
this is very high praise and I'll see if you uh, agree with me or not, or if I'm off my rocker. I would say with the exception of like some very obvious ones, tragically hip rush. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't think of another one off the top of my head. Billy Talon might be like one of the more important rock and roll bands in Canadian history. Just in terms of longevity, how famous they are in Canada, but like not at all in the States mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. And I like that's always a big wall to cross, which is really stupid crossing from Canada to the US, but for musicians. Yeah. But you're right. Um, I would say that they are definitely up there. I would say, um, yeah, longevity factor being a big one. Because like, there's other bands like The Dudes, and um, I'm pretty oh, sure yeah. uh, July Talk is Canadian too, aren't they? I think maybe. I think they're from Vancouver. Um, but like, they just haven't been around as long. Um, they're they're very famous, but they don't have that longevity factor that Billy Talent has. Like Billy Talent has probably a hit <laughs> off of every single album they've released. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're just kind of like a mainstay, I would say. Yep. I, I'd say that. And I, like you say, I don't, I don't think that they, they match up yet with tragically hip and rush, but they're on the same trajectory, like 10 years, 20 years from now, what are they going to be? Right. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a super cool band. It made me go back and listen to some, older stuff that I remember really liking. Yeah. Like Billy Talent 1 and 2. And I was I was just looking at those like River Man. Below, what a great song instead. I know. Devil in um, Holy shit, I've got to go back and listen Devil on my shoulder. Yeah, I've got to go back and listen to these. These are all great albums. They're great songs. Yeah. They're awesome. Um let's get into your Yeah, I'm I'm chatty today. Can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fine. That's why we have the podcast. Totally. Uh, let's see. Uh, vocals, I gave a four. I gave 4.1. Um, guitars. Uh, this is also... This score is reflective in a statement I have. Um, I gave guitars a 4.7. And whatever his name is, then his name is escaping me. Ian, maybe their their main guitar player and main songwriter might be one of the more underrated guitar players on the planet. Kyle is having technical difficulties. <laughs> Kyle is fixing his maybe his cat ate his microphone. Can Kyle hear me? Did did the cat eat your microphone? <laughs> He's back, sort of. Uh, oh, can you? Oh. I've got you on my uh, computer mic now. Can you hear me? Yeah. What happened? I don't know. My mic just stopped working. My cat was fucking around here, so probably. Probably her. Cleo. I know. She likes to like stand on my keyboard and stuff too. So it's like when she wants attention, it's really fucking annoying. She (laughs) wants to just be the star of the show. I know. (laughs) 
where were we? Guitarists? You were saying that he was a really good underrated guitar player. And I agree. I gave him a 4.5. Yeah, I gave 4.7. Yeah, yeah, really good. Cool his, his guitar work is just, yeah. He's super creative. His tone is incredible. Yep, yep. Man, I like him. Totally. And and like you say, totally um, just underrated. I think part of the reason is that his guitar like always seems like it's supposed to be in the song. Like he's not always sitting in front. Yeah. So a lot of people just don't get it. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Which is good. I think that that's a, a, a great quality that it's not like spotlight guitar, even though he's so good. Yep. Uh, drums? 4.2. Yeah, I gave a four. That was lower for sure. Um, writing, I also gave a four, actually. Interesting. <laughs> I gave writing a five. Whoa. Yeah, I thought that it was super creative and it flowed really well. And like the the really interesting parts, like there was the weird sax section. Um, I felt that everything just flowed together so well and the album flowed together so well that I couldn't justify actually going lower. So, hmm. yeah. In that first song, um was just i've never heard billy talent like that no it was like proggy it felt like a prog rock song i know like right from the beginning to the end i was i was into this album so i yeah five five rating where did it lose point the whole point for you um i think i've i found that some um like i felt like the instrumental writing was really cool i felt that some of the kind of like vocal melodies, chorus melodies started sounding very similar throughout okay. the album. Fair enough. The first track was very like unique. And then it kind of started sounding like really Billy Talenty. And then that one song they did with um <gasps> with uh Rivers Cuomo from Weezer yeah. was just like you could tell that was just like their super like gonna be their super radio hit. Right. Fair enough. And it kind of just felt eh. Yeah, okay, that's uh that's reasonable. Uh production. Uh 4.8. Yeah, 4.5 for me. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah, th- this this album sounded crisp and clean. Yeah. Yeah, so overall I gave it a 22.3. Okay, we're not that far off. I gave 21.5. Oh yeah, fair enough. This is where that uh, five point spread is for me, though. Like I went from eighteen with Comeback Kid to to twenty two point three with Billy Talent. I guess it's a twenty okay. four points spread, but like it was a big, clear difference between the albums I liked and the albums I didn't like for this one, which is pretty yep. funny. Okay, I'm curious if we have the same number one. Okay, uh, you tell me what what what's your next one on your list? Different autopsy. Okay, so we're, we are different then. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's go over Fit for an Autopsy. You mentioned it. Sure. This one might change with the repeatability thing, though, which makes this more interesting. I think so. I think, I think the repeatability score is just a balancing score, is all it does. All it does is like move mm. the albums in the list from a sub- totally uh, uh, subjective standpoint. Totally subjective. (laughs) Um, Objective. I I always mix those up. Objective, subjective. I um, 
I mean, I don't know if I have like previous bias. I had never listened to like Fit for an Autopsy before um, their last album that came out, Sea of Tragic Beasts. And that made it into my top 10 albums of the year that year. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, this one may also be there, I would say. That's so interesting. It's it's funny. So Fit for an Autopsy, I've never really listened to them either. And I, I remember that year that I made it into your top 10. And I was like, okay, these guys are kind of cool. But like the, the name of Fit for an Autopsy, I don't find fits the music like i find the music way less death metally than fit for an autopsy tells me it is oh yeah for sure but like their early stuff is way different than this oh is that right yeah they've really been <clears throat> kind of like rivers of nile they've really been like experimenting with sounds and doing clean vocals and oh okay that, that makes I, a lot more sense yeah and i think that's why I liked the last album so much because I hadn't really heard something like that. Mm -hmm. And I have gone back and listened to the album even that came right before that one and some of their early stuff. And I like, don't like it at all. Okay. Okay. No, that makes a lot more sense. Cause yeah, like fit for an autopsy for me, uh, rings in true with like, or rings in like to the same group as aborted fetus and like cannibal corpse <laughs> and like, like all these like really hardcore band names that I just know from the title. I judge the book by its cover is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. You know, when it's in that weird kind of crazy tree branch font Why? or whatever, that it's <laughs> yeah. not for, it's not for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> What's um, with that? What's with that for band logos where you can't even read it? Like, and they all look the same, but none of them are the same, but you can't read any of them. Well, I think you're just not supposed to read the name of the band because one, that's probably just blasphemous, and two, you can't understand anything they're saying or screaming anyway. So, what does it matter? What so does it matter? Logo, their logo is a visual representation of their sound. Yes. <laughs> it's, just, it's just chaos and precisely un unreadability. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's my uh, theory. I hope Cannibal Corpse doesn't come and eat me. <laughs> well, Cannibal Corpse, you can pretty clearly read that one at least. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh. Okay. What did you give vocals? Four point eight. Very interesting that we're this far off. Because I gave it four point one, which is my lowest score by far. Mm -hmm. And I think I only gave, I think I gave it 4.1 because even though there is some cleans in there, the like the screaming parts that take up the majority of the album are all very similar sonically. Yeah. Which like, I kind of felt weird giving it a 4.8 because I've definitely called other bands out for sounding the same and they're screaming, but uh, I definitely agree with you. But for me, it worked in this album, in this case. Mm -hmm. So it, it is a contradictory score from my point. Actually, I wrote that in my notes. I'm like, I gave it a 4.8. I didn't feel comfortable going lower, but it's definitely going against what I've said about other bands sounding the same. So Fair enough. I, yeah. think, I think how impressive the vocals sounded and were mixed mm -hmm. is more of a reflection in the production score rather than the actual vocal score for me oh see that's that's interesting okay no and that's a, that's a good point i uh yep cool my production <laughs> my the spoiler alert my production score is my lowest score on this album 
Interesting. Okay, so this is this is going to be an interesting conversation. <laughs> um, what did you give guitars? Four point eight. Also, I gave four point six. Yeah, I I thought the riffing was cool. I thought the solos were cool. I liked it a lot. Yep. Yep. Uh, drums. I gave four point eight. Oh, see, I gave four point three there. So we were <laughs> we were opposite on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, writing, I also gave 4.8. I gave 4.9, so we're pretty much in agreement there. Uh, production, I gave 5 out of 5. I gave it a 4.2. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I found, the reason I did that is I found I was losing the drums in the mix a lot of the times. Like, I kept losing their impact. So, uh, yeah, um, that's, uh, which I think is reminiscent of like by what you described as their old days being more death metal-y. Like I find that that mix style where you put the drums like way in the background is just popping through. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I didn't really find them. I didn't find myself losing them. Okay. Really at all. I felt like it for like a modern day metal album. Uh, this is like probably one of the best produced albums I've heard so far this year. But Will Putney is also just like a mastermind in my opinion. Right. Like him and um, what's his face from Periphery? Adam Get Good. Adam Nolly Get Good. Both of them, both of them, their production is just impeccable in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I just thought for an album like this heavy that it was just it sounded so good. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, four point two is definitely not a low score, but it's no, just the lowest out of the out of the um, thing. Yeah. Um, I did really love the arrangements of the song though, and I found like this was a, a longer album if I remember correctly, and uh, yeah. I found myself lost in it. Like it didn't feel long. Like I think this, let me just actually pull it up here. This one is 45 minutes. So it's longer than the, it's not actually that long, but it's longer than under oath. But I found myself like, I felt like less time had gone by. Whereas under oath, the time was dragging. Yeah, totally. Um, How would you compare this to Whitechapel from last year, or is there a comparison? Um, Whitechapel scored really high for me last year, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's why I was curious. And Whitechapel's kind of in that same vein of like a death metal band, kind of really expanding, expanding their horizons and experimenting with like lots of cool sounds and clean vocals. Yeah, I am. I can't remember Whitechapel enough to really do an accurate comparison, but I will say that it's really cool seeing these old bands. Like you, you remember Craig, he was a fan of like Whitechapel and death heaven and like all these, like he loves death metal. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really cool. Seeing, yeah. Agalock. It's really cool seeing these old bands that have been around for a while evolving into a place that's more refined. I'll call it. 
it's not necessarily uh, uh, better or worse, but it's definitely more refined and, and more organized, evolved. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I, I think it's it's really cool seeing that. So, um, all these tree branch brand bands, it'll be interesting to see if they ever come back in fifteen years and what they look like then. But anyways, yep. that's that's just totally yeah. Just thinking. Um. Anything else to say about this before we move on to? Uh, my final score was twenty three. Yeah, mine was 23.3. Yeah, nice. Okay. Um, another band out of, are they from Australia? There's something in the water in Australia. I think they're from Australia. Um, that just really caught my ear the right way. Mm -hmm. And clearly if they were your top one. Uh, they are. They're from Melbourne. Um, the water. Clearly, if they made it your top one, they caught your ear the right way. They did. And uh, I, this is one of those times where I only listened to the album once, and I meant to go back and listen to it again, and just never got to it. And I'm mm. disappointed because I wanted... I think it would have changed my scores a bit, probably for the better, if I'm honest. But yeah. uh, that's saying something, given that they're my number one just by only listening to them once so totally so this is the band pride lands all one word and their debut album also called light bends uh came out january 14th 14th on sharp tone records uh sharp tone is just killing it right now sharp tone and a rising empire are just putting out band after band that are awesome so Keep an eye on those labels. Um, I will say before we get into the scores, for a debut album, this doesn't, this didn't, like it was very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, oh man, it's escaping me. Uh, sof sophisticated, I would say, for yeah. a debut album. Totally. Um, and I've been trying to f figure out, I showed this to a guy at work and he really liked it too. I'm trying to figure out how to like describe this band. And do you remember the, um, do you remember the album Illuminatio by Kyoto's? Yeah, I do. I told Spencer that this album sounded like if North Lane made the album Illuminatio. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd buy that. <laughs> Um, I loved it. I love this album. It's so good. Yeah. And like I say, I, I'm fortunate. I don't have a lot to say specifically about my scores that I gave, but I gave uh -huh. it very high scores. Um, so yeah, cool. All right. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. Okay. Vocals. I gave it 4.8. Ooh, wow. That is high. Uh, yeah. I gave 4.2. All of my scores were in the relatively the same range. Okay. Spoilers. Uh, why, what did you like so much about the vocals? Uh, I mean, I agree, but like... <laughs> you, you know, 
like I say, I, I don't have a lot to say about it, unfortunately. I'm this was one of the first ones I listened to, and I'm forgetting <laughs> what, Fair enough. what I liked about it because I listened to it two weeks ago, and there's just so much going on. Yeah. Okay. Um, guitars, I gave 4.3. I gave it 4.5. Okay. 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 Uh, drums, I gave 4.4. 4. Okay. Uh, I gave a 4.5. Okay. Uh, writing, I also gave uh, 4.5. You gave 4.7. Then production, I gave 4.5. You're consistent, if nothing else. Yes. Uh, uh, I gave a 4.6 there. Okay. We're relatively close then. Yeah. So my overall score was 23.1, which was puts it 0.1 ahead of fit for an autopsy. So I kind of laughed when we talked about our first versus last. Right. <laughs> yeah, mine was 21.9, which is okay. actually only like less than half a point above like Billy Talent, for example. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I will say... Uh, so far, the song I've listened to the most, by far, is the, the song Walls. The second track on this album is just so good. I, 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 I don't even know. I don't know what else to say. It's just it's phenomenal. It's just a wicked, wicked track. Yeah. Oh, I love it so much. I'm just, I'm just skipping through it right now because I kind of want to hear why i gave vocals so high oh. and i'm re i'm remembering it's because they fit so well in the music but they're kind of that deep tenor and that's mm. different than what's normally like making waves right now it's kind of the same as um um sleep token like has that deep tenor as well and like right. it just it's so rich and mm -hmm. and i'm also biased because that's the same as my voice like i've got kind of that rich deep tenor but it doesn't mm -hmm. always fit in the music that I like. And so I like hearing it when it works. So it was definitely totally. an opinion, but uh, that's why I got the 4.8. Mm. Makes sense. I like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Watch, keep, keep an eye out on this band. I would say for sure. Uh, yeah. Like I said, debut album there, you can only go up from here. Hopefully they can tour outside of Australia. Would you be sweet? They they announced that they're playing a show with, um, with North Lane and holding absence, and I was like, "Give me a break!" But it's <laughs> like so it's like six dates in Australia, so I was like, "Freaking frick!" Well, it is on my bucket list to go to Australia, so one day. Man, me too. <laughs> me too. Yeah, one day when money's no object and we're not in a pandemic and there's time, then uh, yeah. Yes. Um. Okay, I'm going to do a, just a quick recap for the people that are still listening, if you're out there, um, that we went over today in no particular order. Comeback Kid with their album Heavy Steps, Skillet with their album Dominion, Under Oath with their album Oyerist, Fit for an Autopsy with their album Oh, What the Future Holds. This is a concept record, by the way, which I still haven't been able to dive into, so okay. I'm, I'm curious. Uh, Billy Talent with their album Crisis of Faith, and then Pride Lands with their album Light Bends. Uh, before we end the show, did you listen to the three singles? 
yes, I did. Okay. Did I? Um, I don't remember. It was the uh, oh, the Muse and Tidebringer and Haunted Shores. Yes. Okay, I did, and actually, I added two singles to my list and forgot to tell you about them. So I'll just make them honorable mentions. Okay. Well, what are those honorable mentions? Um, our friend Kelsey Rain, who enjoy uh, oh, joined yeah. us on the podcast, she released a single called "As Long as You Can," and uh, it's super good. It's like right up Kelsey's alley as as far as um, experimenting in genres. Like this one is very country uh, influenced, yeah. but really great song. Really great. Uh, I did listen to it. Did you? And nice. I, it is very good. I also meant to. This is a mental note. I also meant to. Um, promote it on our instagram yeah yeah totally um yeah very interesting so she's 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 cool she's super just kind of like out there but her music's very eclectic and interesting to listen to totally and then uh my other honorable mention is actually another local from okotoks um her name is breton rose and i met breton uh she was like 15 years old i think and she was on one of the stages at okotoks as kind of like an emerging artist but she's had the chance mm -hmm. to go down to nashville and record and and do a whole bunch of stuff um and uh similar to to, to young artists i think that uh, early music release is heavily influenced by the producers and the writers that are in the studio and the players that are in the studio right and she just released a single called making progress and i think that it's probably the first time i've heard her have like her own voice which i thought was very cool so i wanted to give her a quick shout mm. out and, and honorable mention for that album or that cool. single as well um add that to the list for the next here's what's spinning on a santa okay. and i'll give um, it a listen and then we can do a little post about hers as well yeah that'd be cool it's uh it's funny like we're just <laughs> diving into uh oak Tokes locals yes love but, it. Uh, yeah i um well part of the reason for canadiana doing what we're doing is because like these are not unique stories there's so many good artists out here that just don't have a chance to to make it so it's uh yeah cool love it um speaking of local artists so our uh, friend chris and his I'm just going to call it his new band. I think uh, so. Tidebringer released their debut single called Hell. Um, what did you think of this? Uh, it's so good. It's I, very good. I really liked it. And I, I like the, the singer, I don't know his name, but the uh, old singer from Kitsune yeah. um, is now his clean vocalist or the clean vocalist in Tidebringer. Yeah. And I think it fits so well like it just mm -hmm. it's like it's like throwing caesar dressing <laughs> on salad <laughs> i don't know i just I tried to come up with something creative i do enjoy a work. good caesar salad <laughs> so do i especially a homemade caesar dressing oh, not a store-bought caesar dressing man. yeah croutons bacon some shaved parmesan on there 
Oh, like if I'm, if I'm willing to like, if I really want to see the salad, I'll do the thing. Like I'll make the croutons. I'll like chop the bacon and make the bacon. I'll make the Caesar dressing and it's so worth it, but it just doesn't last long enough. <laughs> yeah. You just, you make a big salad for dinner or something like that. Totally. Yeah. It has to be my dinner. I love Caesar salad. So <laughs> Anyways, back to, <laughs> back to tide bringing uh this song i found myself i listened to it a bunch of times i think part of the reason is i found it um like a little short like there's so much that happens so quickly and then it's done and you're like well i'm just gonna listen to it again because i want to hear that again and so like i've listened to it like 14 times already yeah it's it's very cool um produced very well uh i would say as also Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um yeah, just a cool a cool sound for them. And I'm excited to have him on our show. Totally. And yes, he is going to come on date to be determined. But he has wow. agreed. We have a verbal agreement that he is going to come talk about it. Perfect. I'm so excited. Um, we've mentioned this uh, these people before, and Kyle was playing some bulb for me earlier. Um. This is the new single by the, I guess, duo Haunted Shores. And if you don't know who Haunted Shores is, people out there, it is uh, Misha Mansour and Mark Holcomb from Periphery. It's their like instrumental side project. Right. And it was produced by uh, Nolly. Nolly Get Good. Um, I mean, this was... Uh, <laughs> This was heavy. This was a was, lot to chew on. It was, yeah. And it, uh, it's it got that kind of eerie feeling to it as well, which really fits in with the Haunted Shores marker. Yeah. Um, again, I would just say, again, production, like it is just impeccable. Like you yeah. can tell he's using the, uh, you can tell they're using those plugins mm-hmm. that he designed. Yes. So obviously the drums were all made from that they're all programmed drums, but like, I don't know how they make drums sound that good without a real drum kit. It's kind of impressive. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's getting to the point where the plug-in drums are almost like better than a real drum kit, but how can that be? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just a funny thing. Like so much stuff is triggered nowadays and so much stuff is, is done through plugins. And like, it's, it's interesting because the players are definitely playing it, but the instrument itself, like we've almost bastardized into this thing that sounds better than the acoustic set, but yeah, on, only in certain situations, you know, like it's anyways, it's just, it's interesting. Does that, does that bother you? I've never really thought about it. I, uh, I think that if, if I was to listen to say this song um, with a like mic'd acoustic drum set, I don't think I would like it as much. So I think that it definitely has its place where having these plug-in drums or having these triggered drums uh, does sound better. But if I was to listen to say, you know, like uh, a, a Roots Country or like uh, even like just a standard rock with triggered or sampled drums, I think I would like it less. Like mm. th- those places I really like an acoustic set and like the airiness of it and, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Yep. 
So I think it just has its place is kind of what I'm going with. Totally. Makes sense. In any case, I hope, and I know in this case that's true, but I think that the player should be playing the kit on their music. I don't think it should be programmed drums. I think it should be sampled drums or triggered drums. Hmm. Because yeah, this was definitely all like from yeah. a computer. I don't think anyone's playing the drums at all. Oh, is that right? Oh, I, I know for sure because they were they were doing like little like Misha is pretty um active on his Instagram and he's like done little behind the scenes stuff and like the two of them are playing the guitars, but the the drums are all just based off of his program. Okay, that's interesting because like I would uh, I would respect the drums less in that case. Like I, I'll listen to the guitars, but I'll kind of even if they sound that good. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing: a, a programmed drummer can can do more than a human drummer. Right. Like, for instance, if I wanted to hit uh, a snare, a tom and a cymbal at the same time, a human can't do that. Chris Turner might be able to do that <laughs> with his third arm. Yeah. <laughs> so so like that sort of thing, I think that there's limitations to humans that that computers uh, can extend beyond because it's just programming. Um, so without really diving into the drums, yeah. even if they sound really good and they fit the music really well, I appreciate a real drummer playing the parts more than program drums. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To me, it wouldn't make a difference as long as it can translate live. Fair. Yeah. So like if they brought a drummer out to play these parts and it sounded, or they could, they could play it basically the same way. Then I'd be like, you know what? I don't care that it's just a program in the album. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it's an interesting conversation to have. Yep. Because it's well, going that way. It is going that way, especially with these uh, kind of love projects from by musicians like Haunted Shores, where they don't want to necessarily bring a drummer in. And if the technology exists to program a drummer. Yep. But like... What worries me just, and this is totally digging way far down the line, but is there going to be a time where all we're listening to is program music that just appeals to our ears because they've gone through algorithms and know what we're listening to. And all of us could just listen, excuse me, to, to 25 out of 25 albums all the time because like, because they know what we like, you know? <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever get that far, to be honest. I think there'll still be lots of bands. Like I think of a band like the Foo Fighters that will still want to do things the old school way. So I don't disagree that bands will always be around, but I don't think I ever want to get to the point where I'm listening to a totally computerized album. Well, like, no, I don't want to hear that. You know, <laughs> you may as well just listen to freaking Skrillex or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or Skillet. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't your computer. Even a com even a programmed computer couldn't make that album good. <laughs> uh, anyways, that's 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 my thoughts. It's definitely an interesting yeah. conversation. So I I don't uh, I don't uh, 
blame these guys or, or hold it against them that they use program drums because what they're doing is they're doing an instrumental album with the collaboration of two amazing instrumentalists right and they needed to put drums in the background to really bring out the to flush out the sound of the music and so i, I don't blame them at all for that i just appreciate um uh actual musicians playing more so mm-hmm. and i think i've kind of mentioned that on the um on the spirit box album as well as that i i thought that those drums were programmed as well and i wasn't super into that i don't know if that's true or not but i think that we talked about that briefly yeah it's an interesting conversation to keep in our back pocket totally yep um we need to talk about this muse song oh my god dude good lord where did that come from I speaking of production, that yeah, was the production's incredible. The vocals are incredible. Like the the rhythms in the background that kind of like drive the song are incredible. The breakdown yep. is heavy. It has double kick. Muse used double kick. Yeah. <laughs> and screaming. Yeah. Essentially. Which they've screamed before. Um I think like I don't know his name, but Muse's vocalist is such an incredible vocalist. Matthew I, Bellamy. Matthew Bellamy. He's one of guy. my favorite vocalists of all time. Yeah, so versatile. I've heard him scream. I've heard him falsetto. I've heard him belt. I've heard him wail. I've heard him like uh, do operatic. Like he's just so good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, this is crazy to think because again, feeling old, looking back. Um, I was going to say this is Muse's best song they've ever done since Stockholm Syndrome, I would say. Yeah, yeah. And Stockholm Syndrome came out in 2003. (laughs) That was 19 years ago, my friend. Yeah, so go figure. Um, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I, I'm I love Muse. They're like maybe one of my closet favorite bands of all time. Yeah. Like I don't know if I could put them in my top ten, but I also easily could. Yeah, I get that. I hear um, you. And yeah, like I like. I don't mind when bands step out of their shell, and like Muse has made a couple albums in the last ten years that have been like super pop driven, and like they still like sound good, and but they're just not what you're used to for muse yeah and then this song just like (laughs) just blew me away i just was not expecting it at all yeah it's the other one that i put on repeat essentially like it's just so good oh man i've listened to it probably like 35 times yeah the other thing about muse and this is just just for fun but the concert that i saw of muse i've only seen them once but that is by far the best concert I've ever seen. It's up there. I know that I went, we went to the same one. Oh yeah, that's right. That's just oh, sorry. Di- it's number just, two actually, because Iron Maiden recently moved into number one with their most recent tour, the legacy of the beast. Oh yeah. That was so good. Yeah. Yeah. They're one of the best live bands period out there. Love yeah. them or hate them. They're just, man. Um, no album announcement yet, but I really hope yeah. <laughs> that there's a new album coming. And if it sounds like this, then 
We are in for a treat. No shit. Okay. Uh, anything else to say? Nope. Perfect. Well, that is our first episode of Here's What's Spinning for 2022. And we will continue bringing these out because music continues to be out all the time. There's already like, what, 40 albums on my list of ones that I'm going oh, yeah. to check out that have been announced. Yeah, and today we talked about um, uh, 20, uh, 14 albums we talked about today between yeah. honorable mentions and uh, rated albums. Yeah, it's just... That's one you... month. Like, <laughs> yeah, so we're on pace for like whatever let me, math is. Let me pull up my calculator because I can't. Whatever That's, math. If, if we stay on this pace, we'll be close to 180 albums this year. Yep. So, uh, buckle up, peeps. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, thank, thanks everyone for uh listening uh to these musical themed episodes i know they're not for everyone but we try and uh we try and expand our musical tastes and our horizons so we'll uh we'll listen to whatever catches our ear um yeah follow us on instagram adam kyle podcast send us an email adam kyle podcast gmail.com drop us an album that you want us to check out and happy listening Happy 2022. Thanks for hanging out with us.